Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey guys, welcome to the next episode of How We Wrote the Book. My name's Yumi Degoke. I'm Elizabeth Ufebenene. And this week we're going to be looking at how we literally wrote the book and gathered the content. So this is definitely going to be a conversation. I think this is one of the like most difficult bits of the um, process. So Elizabeth, how would you say we actually got the work done? Like, did, did you have a schedule? Did we sort of have like writing goals? Tell, tell us about it. Um, I think that we both wrote this book, uh, majority of time working full time. Um, mm. And for me, I just knew like, so I wrote this book full time working and I wasn't going to leave my job to do it. But so I think, I don't know. I feel like I'm a, I'm a bury my head, bury my head in the sand type of gal when it comes to things I have to do, but know I have to do them and like just mentally try and work out like how to do it. So I think for a long time, I kind of like left it to the last kind of moment where I had to kind of take it very seriously, which is not a good approach to do things. So um, I kind of wrote around the life, like my kind of like nine to five. And I think I was always living on borrowed time all the time in terms of trying to write the book. Mm. Um, So I think if you're someone who is basically like working full time, I would definitely, I think... You know what? Knowing what I know now, I was okay to do it because I was, what, 22, 23? I think now I'm, or maybe a bit older than that. But yeah, but now at 28, I just don't think I have the energy in me to work full time and do um, and do what we, we were doing with Slaying Your Lane. And I think with the book, it was a book that we had to do, write the book, interviews. Plus we had like um, our own personal life things you have to kind of do plus we had to kind of organize the photo shoot around the book so I just don't think that I would have the enthusiasm and the energy to do what I did back then now so I would if I was presented with the exact same options now I would something has to give because some things aren't sustainable and I think that I would have definitely not been able to kind of like do that so um, for me my goals were kind of based on when I could do stuff like I was more tactical. So I, in my head, I was like, right, I've got to do research to write this bit. I'm going to do this research when, um, you know, when I'm at work and I've got like a down, like 20 minutes, like a downtime of 20 minutes, do the research there. So I was stealing and borrowing time wherever I could get it. And then when it came to actually writing, I think for me, I'm such a morning person, a morning writer. I have to write in the morning if I'm going to get like good ideas or, or mm. a flow or I didn't know night. That. Yeah, if I can't write in the morning, like literally I have to, I'm not just only writing just general product for like work. Like my brain fries from 12. I can't, I can't, I can't do it. Like it just fries, but I'm not a morning person. So that was a challenge for me because I'm a morning person more so now, but I would say that, so I could write there and then at night time. So like literally like 
by night as in like midnight, two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning. So those are my peak hours. And I would say those are the times where I wrote the book, like actually writing. Every, every other time was gathering content, was pulling things together, was more the construction of like an argument as opposed to like flowing and writing. Um, but yeah, how about you? Because obviously you... I feel like you're someone that can just shut, shut yourself away. You don't need so many conditions to write. I, I might be a mm. um, uh, thing. But for me, I'm like, I have to have a coffee. I have to do this. So the temperature of the room has to be this. So that's an impossible way to work. Mm. So yeah, I don't know how, how you kind of found everything. Mm, oh gosh, it was it was hard. But like, I think more because like, obviously, as you said, we had to like gather content. We had to like get stats and stuff, which thankfully because of some of the stuff that I was reading and stuff like I'd come across things that were just useful and like relevant and obviously if you came across anything or if I came across anything we just send it to each other um but yeah in terms of you're right I definitely like had my periods where I just lock myself away but um it was difficult because it was like there was just so little time like literally in terms of I'm working basically you know nine to you know six in, and then that's not even including like commuting time um, so I, I, I don't necessarily need so many conditions, but I do need to be in my house usually to be able to write. And I do need to be like on my own. So, I mean, I had to kind of get flexible. I had to kind of like be making notes at least on like my commute and like when in other kind of um, spaces and circumstances, cause I just didn't have the time to be able to write under the conditions that worked for me. Um, but yeah, so I would often just pretty much any spare bit of time that I had was dedicated to trying to write um and I definitely had a schedule I had like um I, I think I sent yeah like um I sent like you and myself like this kind of like um okay this is how many chapters we have to do per um sorry this is how many words we have to have in a chapter to be able to hit the limit but then I remember I started like saying okay this is how many <laughs> this is how many words we'd have to write um per day with this deadline to be able to hit this to hit our um deadline and word count and like each obviously each day that passed the the number would go up and i'd like update it like um regularly to be like okay we now have to write this many words a day to be able to hit our deadline and i didn't always stick to it but it was good to know that like it's not a surprise like okay so i now have to be writing like two thousand words a day um to be able to hit the deadline and i write over anyway so i wasn't too worried about word count but it was just more um just making sure it got done but it was it was really difficult I'm not gonna lie especially because we had um jobs I think if we hadn't it'd have been a very different process but then I feel like at the same time it forced us to like like it really forced us to like hit certain targets on time because like you know we actually we just didn't have any other time like to do anything so we had no um no other choice basically um do you have any tips in terms of time management and sort of writing for our listeners um don't overthink it I think I self-edit so much and it's just a mess um so I would definitely say honestly just write how you talk if and then work on it afterwards I think for me that's always been kind of like my biggest struggle I just backspace backspace way too much so I would definitely just say it doesn't have to be um I saw there was this there was this thing I there was this tweet that I saw like uh like literally years ago and it always stuck with me I can't remember like the exact words so it was it was like so I'll paraphrase it it was just like the first edit is for you the second edit is for your editor and the third edit is for the reader um 
And I think that if you kind of like see it as in that way, when it comes to your like actually de- like writing a book or writing any long form piece of um, writing, it, it feels less like it feels less grandiose. If that's the right word. It feels it just feels very like um, manageable. So if you just think of it, this 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 is for me. This edit that I'm writing is for me, but you're really sending it to your editor to like you know mm. sense check or whatever to edit. The second edit is for your editor, but she's really thinking about the reader. And the third edit is for the reader, but it's, mm. do you know what I mean? That's the real, and Absolutely. by that point, yeah. you've had so many rounds. So I would just say for me, just don't overthink it. Just write, even if it, even if it's like this, 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 you know, this adjective, this verb doesn't really work. Just leave it, leave it. Don't overthink about, don't go think about 10 hundred words, 10 hundred words to, to fill that word, write it and then come back. Because for me, I always feel better when I've, when I've written stuff and then I can come back to it. I always fail when I, I, I've written, like, little and then I think, oh, my God, like, this is... Like, I have to make this, this paragraph perfect when I could have just written three paragraphs and then come back and read it as a whole and it just feels like, okay, what point are you trying to make? So, yeah, I think overthinking is definitely my biggest um, challenge when it comes to writing and I blame it on writer's block and all that sh- jazz when it's just, like, honestly procrastination um how about you what tip would you give yeah I was just gonna say like yeah like literally what you said basically in terms of like overthinking and just get getting it down on the paper is the most important thing even that quote like mate you know that even it's not even the first and second and third it's literally the 50th the 60th like god knows how many like edits Helen got before we even like were able to then send it like how many times because she'd send it to us no we'd send it to her then she'd send it back to us then we'd send it back to her then I think there was a point where there were like three different like eyes on it I think they were literally all called Helen (laughs) like going back and forth and being like oh okay but what about this what about that and I don't even know what level of edit the um readers like ended up with like I don't even know how some of those some chapters were easier than others but others was literally like you know there'd been bits that I'd re had rewritten and changed up like several times so it's I think it's just nothing to worry about because as you said like you can you can just come down to it sorry it's nothing to worry about because you can just come back to it. And I feel like, yeah, like the most important thing is just getting it on the paper. Like I have a horrible writing process, which is that I um, take notes. Usually on my notes app on my phone, I just like have ideas. I have ideas of like what I want to talk about, literally jokes, witty sentences, like the points I want to make. And I just put them all in like a, um what's the word notes on my notes app on my phone and then I email that to myself and then I put that into a google drive document and then I start writing but because I literally write exactly as I speak I will sort of do dot 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 like I put ellipses in the middle of like when I haven't been that's why I I can't let people watch me write because it's just too weird a process but like I will literally like say and then she dot 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 and just just because I know I'm gonna keep going back and adding in words (laughs) as I as I go um as I reread and I'm like if you read my first drafts of stuff they actually don't make sense I remember there were parts in Selenia Lane that still had ellipses because I just had forgotten to um actually update that bit but like when I say it doesn't make sense, I don't, I'm not even being like, oh, self-deprecating isn't, it's actually not legible. Like it doesn't make any sense because I've just, I've got like what I want it to be in my brain, but I have to like keep going back to like amend it to make it even make sense. And then by the fourth time on my edit, I'm like trying to make it like actually sound good. It's a very strange um, process. But the reason I do those dot, dot, dots is because for me, the most important thing is getting it on the paper and just being like, make sure that it's actually like, 
in on there and that there's something like you know I'm not gonna let the fact that I haven't found the right word in that first sentence stop me from moving on to the second sentence. So then that's why I put those dots there, so that like I know I'll come back to it. But I wanna I wanna get to the end of this like piece, um, and then I have to like go back and forth probably about fifty times before it's actually like an actual article. So um, so obviously doing that with books is even longer and even crazier. Um, but yeah, I just agree with your tip about just getting it done because you know you can you not no one's gonna stop you from. Um, making amendments along the way yeah for sure um there's that thing is it good is better than perfect oh good wait good i've done is done better. is better than perfect yeah yeah done yeah, yeah. that's right done that's is better than perfect true. it's that, honestly let me tell you something that's a, that's a hack of life let me, mm. nothing from loading your, your dishwasher to writing a book to so much stuff like to the mundane to the most serious stuff it's just better for things to be done I feel like there's so much pressure on our um, on our day-to-day lives as women, as people, that I think that ultimately, like, you have to just get to a point where you are moving things along bit by bit as opposed to, like, obsessing about how you're moving them on. Um, so, yeah, I totally agree around that whole dot, dot, dot. I'm going to come back to this. Need to get this on the page. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So a large part of our book kind of centered around interviews. Like it was like something that we always knew we were going to have. We were going to speak to all these amazing women, ask them loads of questions around how they've been able to essentially navigate um, life as black British women. Um, I didn't, I haven't interviewed people before this um this whole thing lane so it was very much daunting for me a lot of the time um but Yomi how do you organize um a and conduct a good interview from your perspective um I love I love a good interview I love just primarily because I literally like um people I like to find out what people what they think what makes them tick blah 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 so literally I try not to approach I try to honestly approach every interview the same. I know it sounds like whatever, but I really do. Like, regardless of who it is, literally, if I'm interviewing Naomi Campbell, if I'm interviewing Megan Thee Stallion, I will literally approach it the exact same way I would interview anybody else, which is just that I always try to start with questions that are quite broad, but really quite like, I guess just not daunting I think that's a really bad like mistake that I've seen people make which is just they just go like straight in like a lot of agents want you to do that when you're like doing an interview they're very much like I'll just get straight to it for time but it's just like you need to kind of like make people feel comfortable and break down like walls and whatever so I really just try to start with like quite broad but quite like um you know like 
questions that I think make people feel comfortable. And I think with when we were um, interviewing the women and stuff, obviously, you know, we were nervous and stuff, but I feel like our questions, like the, the starting point, I, I can't, I think one of the first, one of the first questions, one of the early questions we'd ask would, would literally be like, who did you look up, who did you look um, up to when you were growing up? And like, that obviously casts everyone's minds back and a lot of, for a lot of the women, it was like family members and um, stuff like that. And it, it kind of put them in like a positive space and they'd always like, a lot of them would be quite like, I don't know, open after that because they're in this, I don't know, like it just was like a nice question and it had often them speaking about their family or speak, speaking nostalgically. And um, yeah, I feel like we'd kind of start quite easy. And even when it got to the more difficult questions, um, which often like came later, I think they felt a lot more comfortable, but also we were very clear, like we're not trying to like catch anybody out. We're not trying to like do a gotcha moment where we're trying to make them say something that's going to end up in the Daily Mail and, and be some like big salacious thing. Like, I think we made it very clear that like, we just wanted to hear their story and help tell it. And, and that was it. So I feel like, um, yeah, like um, I think we were just very sort of clear in terms of our intentions and made it, um, and, and that made it, um, quite a bit easier to sort of ensure that they opened up and a lot of the questions that we were asking I think a lot of um the women hadn't actually been asked before because often their identity as black women um in Britain wasn't really something that like um publications were, were focusing on so I think um I know you always say that like it felt you you think it was like a bit therapeutic like almost like a therapy session because they were able to speak about things that like you know up until well now we're, we're having these conversations more than ever but but back then it wasn't really as common um but yeah I feel like um I feel like in terms of being organized I, I can't I can't honestly say like I feel like we were but at the end of the day like shit happens and like the women were very busy so often we'd have to be flexible because you know sometimes you want to like have a conversation at a particular day in particular time but you're dealing with some very high profile women here that might not be able to sort of stick to that um so we were always trying to be quite flexible which is very difficult with our um jobs but um what what tips do you have Elizabeth in terms of people conducting interviews and I guess like because you said you know you weren't necessarily it wasn't something you'd done before what did, did you feel like you'd learned anything or picked up any skills when we were kind of um you know doing this yeah, I think what you said around making sure, like, like, you know, starting broadly and, like, kind of easing them into it, I think that's definitely, like, so key. Um, even, cause to be honest, we interview people, um, but we also um, get interviewed quite a lot. So on panels, for, you know, TV stuff, or if it's for radio. So I think I've been able to pick up on good interview skills because of having that experience even more so than like my experience interviewing people um so I always and I think I don't know I feel like I'm a lot more harsh on on, on people where on, on a bad not bad <laughs> interview but I get I think my tolerance is a lot lower <laughs> gosh I make myself sound really 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 um uh not 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 the most nicest but trust me I'm a nice person but um I think that like what I I like interviews, like Yomi said, that you can just kind of like ease into. And I think that's, that's a tip. Um, I also think a tip is um, asking interesting questions on the basis of what they've asked or what they've said, sorry, what the, what the interviewee has said. Um, you may have your own kind of like mm. preconceived like questions on what you want to ask, which is always good because like it helps with nerves. It helps with confidence, making sure that, you know, you know what you're going to say or, you know, frameworks of what you want to kind of, or themes and topics you want to kind of, um, kind of like talk about. But I definitely would say um, like, 
if they say something that's you know a little bit different like definitely like have a follow-up what they said could lead to an interesting conversation that they've never said anywhere else so if you because think about it if you haven't met somebody before the majority of the time that the majority of things that you would know would be from the internet and stuff you've been able to gather you're you're smart but so so is someone else so you're probably going to go into an interview with these with very similar questions that other other people interviewing would ask so i think that sometimes the magic with good interview skills and conversations is when they say something that's a bit like ooh can can you know what was that about and i think you can have more interesting conversations around that um so that's what i find sometimes but that takes i'm not going to lie that takes there's a, a certain flair as well with getting and I won't say that oh my god I have that flair because I think that's something that I have to work on 100% but I think there's definitely a certain flair where you are able to kind of make that person feel comfortable and also like really just listen and not listen to ask another question but listen to respond in an interesting way so the other person feels as if like you it's almost like a, like it's like a therapy thing so they just want to open up but you always and I think what's so interesting I don't know but you always can tell when somebody else when it when an interview when somebody who's interviewing you um is just waiting to ask another question as opposed to listening and I feel like I don't know I don't know how you feel about that but you're, you're me but no I, I, agree. Like, I hear that 100% and I think that's the thing with like good in people who are good listeners you just I'm I won't say I'm like the best listener because I'm definitely not but I would say oh you're a good listener uh I don't know I don't know if I'm I think I you're a decent I'm, listener okay I'm a good okay I'm a decent listener yeah, but I would I say that you're listener. probably you pick up on things that I die I'm literally like how the hell trust me you say stuff okay I'm like, how the hell do you remember that and it's like think, yeah and you pick it up from everybody that you're close to like me Pam like they're just people that you'll be like and then she said I'm like how the hell do you remember that <laughs> I always clock that I'm like you okay, really fair enough um no 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 fair enough um I'm very I've been self-deprecating um guys so yeah I'm like no man you're definitely yeah I'm like you are wrong <laughs> about yourself no but you you definitely pick up on I've noticed that like even in the interviews like literally in terms of being able to like feedback and be like oh okay so like even in terms of what you're saying now like that is but you are able to do that because you're a good listener like it's not like you're it's not like what they're saying you're zoning out and then being like okay that was great next question like you definitely are able to pick up on a point do you know what i mean and say oh that's interesting because xyz yeah zoning out is the worst or maybe maybe it's just because you know i said i get special treatment so (laughs) maybe i'm like you're a great listener because i get special treatment (laughs) i think because you're it is because but i guess when you're interviewing somebody you should always have the focus like because I've got such an overactive like mind and I'm always thinking and I'm and then it's just it's always so I'm always thinking to myself oh my god what I got to do next da, 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 and oh my god like so it, I never want the other person to feel like I'm not engaged um so yeah I'm probably overthinking that again um <laughs> but yeah no but I think that was it from me yeah same um, thanks so much for listening guys until next time when we'll be discussing the good days the bad days and the final push till then bye bye 